episode 1057 this is a relevant podcast here in orlando i'm your host cameron strang and joining me from loverland virginia it's jesse carey hello hello oh the whole cast is back uh from nashville tennessee artist producer mogul Derek minor what's happening and from austin texas uh podcaster speaker uh author jamie ivy hey guys miss you guys i'm glad you're back everyone's back You've you've all been traveling, so Jesse didn't miss the last couple episodes, but uh, you guys did. Uh, mm-hmm. Derek's been out on his world tour, doing the listening tour we for his new album. <laughs> Jamie, I don't know what your excuse was. I went to Lost Valley Ranch, little Young Guns action. Oh, interesting! I don't even know what that is. It's like you know, our Montana retreat. Oh, dope. Okay, girl, yeah. go get you some milkshakes. You know Birds what I'm saying? horses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Birds <Nice. and> horses. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, have, I have a horseback riding question, but we can get to it after, after okay. we learn. But then, uh, and then Jesse just got back hours ago from uh, the birthday celebration uh, he, he, that he and his wife took in, in, in Mexico. So I'm glad oh. to see you back. I've been hearing oh, some scary stories okay. about American tourists getting, uh, not making it back from Mexico. So I'm glad you made it, buddy. Happy birthday. Happy belated. Oh, that, that was a setup of all times. I know. Cameron, that was, that was glad a great. Glad you're back too. <laughs> I had an amazing experience and everyone I met there was absolutely delightful. The U.S. government literally said spring breakers don't go to Cabo, don't go to Mexico for spring break right now. And well, then well, the, on, the on, Carrie on, said, well, never mind, it's Jesse's 40th. We're going, I, we don't care. I, that's listen, what I would want to go, is less listen, people, right. all the things. If well, you I'll can say- make it in the United States, you can make it anywhere. Like, I mean, right now, our president just got arranged. So it's like, you know, <laughs> hey, y'all, anything Former. goes. You know what I mean? For, right. Former president yeah, just got arranged. So, you know, it, it's we lit out here. So, I mean, Cabo, <laughs> I think you'd be all right. You know what I mean? Well, and, and that's what that. Well, two two quick things. It's not for the that, that State Department warning wasn't for the entire country. It was just for oh, a couple oh, of oh, states. Oh. And Uh-oh. and two, we actually one did. was we, one where you went though. One was no, Cabo. no, 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 no. It was no? exercise caution, which means basically don't go at night, which is fine. Uh, you know, uh, but we 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 did. We were. I will say this. My wife and I were exceedingly cautious. We have a friend who works at the State Department, and we actually or or the Pentagon, and we called him and to be like, hey man, is this is this safe? Mainly to be able to tell our loved ones, don't worry, we did our homework because I there's right. no way I was not going to go. But either way, fantastic time. Highly recommend it. I guess go at your own risk, but I didn't see anything risky. All I did was was relax and have a good time. But Jamie, I wanted to pivot back to the horseback riding thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I personally don't believe in horseback riding just as a, as a human for several reasons. Wow. Hot take. Prim- primarily, they're terrifying, gigantic animals. I don't think True. people realize how big and powerful a horse is uh, yeah, if, if they haven't been close to one mm-hmm. in a while. Yeah. Are, are are you not terror at any point? I'm that I've, I've only been horseback riding. It's one of my few like actual phobias. Like I do not want to be on the back of a horse. I just flat out do not want that. Derek he, and I went last year. It's fine. But but when hey, you realize hey, listen, that at any Cameron. moment that horse could freak out for yeah. any reason, 
and you're on its back and it, it is it is a huge strong animal is that is all i'm thinking about when i'm a horse jamie cameron and cameron i got a confession to make i was scared as hell the whole time i, knew, I, I knew just did were, dude. i just I did it i just didn't say nothing but i i was scared as hell i, I ain't gonna no, lie like it was i know i know i just I know did, you I, knew, I didn't like, like call you out you were cool yeah, you were like going I, with I, the I, flow i was going yeah. with the flow but you know. that you're right, man. It's 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 like riding on top of a a a, a mini a house. big horse, yeah. Now, it's like riding on top of a mini skyscraper. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm a big man. I'm six foot one, six two. I'm up there like, whoa, this is Listen, a little high off the ground. Here's what you need to know that you may not know about me. I could use this in a like truth or lie thing. When I was younger, I a lot younger, like elementary school, I did uh, barrel racing. And so I had been around horses. I know I did barrel racing as an elementary kid. So I'd been around horses a lot. I don't know what that is, but that sounds terrifying. You know, the horse that runs around the barrels. You got three barrels, a rodeo. Oh, you talking about that? Oh, okay. Yeah, I did that. All right. Now, if you look back to things that you did when you were like eight, it doesn't equal that you can still do them when you're 45, just so you know. And so, but Jesse, I'll tell you this. There are a bunch of ladies there and Evan, the wrangler, the head wrangler was like, okay, who's experienced? And I'll tell you something about me is that I don't want (laughs) to be in the group that is like, oh, you were the beginners. And so I totally was like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. And then he said some kind of term like, do you know how to do this? I'd never heard of that term in my entire life. And I was like, yeah, I know how to do that. So I totally got on these horses with the experience group as if I was like, like ready to do a rodeo. But we're just walking around. They're not going to do anything. You're just walking. Right. Like, you know. Although he did hey, well, say, make sure your hat is secure because a hat blowing off will spook a horse and then they'll start running. Yeah, exactly. See, just see, don't worry. You're just see. walking around until the horse so freaks out. I had a friend who had that's a hat on and I told her she couldn't ride in front of me. I was like, I that's don't want to take the risk that's, if your hat falling off. Hey, that's hey this is a true story. And I may have told this years ago, but in college, I was in Costa Rica and, and with some friends, you know, just kind of, and we, we weren't, this was a, a budget trip because we were in college and uh, but one day, um, you know, we were hanging out on the beach and this guy comes over and he's like, Hey, where I'm doing horseback riding. It's like $10. <laughs> and a couple of my buddies that. are like, dude, that is a great, great deal, man. <laughs> like horseback riding on the beach in Costa Rica. You're going to remember that for the rest of your life, you know? So, so the guy, my two of my buddies are like, yeah, man, let's do it. And, uh, like the guy comes back and he has the two most mangy animals. I don't even want to use the word horse. Have you guys, you guys, have you guys heard the term? This is where I learned what the term half ass is. It's it's ass. It, it's it's ass in the biblical sense, like yeah, a donkey. yeah, yeah. It's half donkey. Oh. Like that's what it means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's half. It's half donkey. It half doesn't real, like or, work as hard as a full ass. It doesn't work. It's half ass. It's like it's yeah. not that's, a full I horse. Like, it's let's not, not a, do this half ass. Let's go all right. the way. Yeah. Right. It's not. It's not a full fast horse. It's this not a full hard working donkey. This it's is wow. Ass. Yeah. I never because knew of, like, that. It's half bred that way. The right. Whatever he brought. Whatever he brought were was only half horse in this situation. And I don't know what they had bred it with. Yeah, three yeah, quarters. Yeah, this, this was not a full, I don't even think it was majority horse. And so my buddies load up on these. And I'm, I, I'm like, okay, this looks really boring because they're strolling down the beach. I come back in a little while over like the sand dune. And I see screaming down the beach. One of them is in a full, when I talk full sprint, I mean, I didn't know this animal. Oh, that would be so fast. scary. And he is holding on for his life. And all I hear is, Whoa! 
And he is on there absolutely terrified. Like, I mean, I can see his face in in a blur and it's like, this animal has yes. literally gone out of control and I don't this know when that he's ever coming back. It, you know, like, I don't know if he's going to try to dive off in the ocean or it's soft sand, so maybe he just jumped. But anyway, the, eventually the horse ran out and he, and he jumped off and it was the most horrifying experience of his life. Oh, Listen, I don't amazing. ride horses. Wow. Long story short. I'm cool. That's great. I'm I still great. can't get over the half-ass thing. I, this is yeah, like, I never ask, knew that. The more you know. Gotta, Do we have to bleep to that out? Or can we say no, that? No, it's biblical ass. Oh, okay. It's not like, you know, <laughs> like, it's not music video. <laughs> that you have to bleep. Jared. That yeah. just got bleeped. It's it's biblical ass. Hey, I came back. The relevant podcast live, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like a five-year-old who got permission to say a bad word and no one's going to, you can't get in trouble for it. Like, oh, half ass. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to uh, worship OG legend Matt Redman joins us. You don't want to miss that. We also have your feedback at the end of the show. But right now, stay tuned. Emily joins us for Relevant Buzz. to Rebounder. The song is Dreamland. You know who the best Rebounder was? Charles Barkley. Well, not, maybe not the best, but my favorite. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen Season 4. Episodes 1 through 3 of The Chosen Season 4 are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. All right, it's time for... Relevant Buzz. Please welcome to the show our managing editor, Downtown Emily Brown, to tell us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week. Hey, Emily. Hey, y'all. What's going on? Um, Okay. I want to start off talking about Black China, who is someone that I did not think we were ever going to talk about on this podcast. But This is crazy. This is crazy. She has been going through a just phenomenal spiritual transformation um, really over the last year, but she started speaking about it within the last month. Um, So just get ready. Y'all know who she is, right? Everybody knows Black China. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. If you don't, she's... uh, social media star celebrity she famously sued the kardashians she's she's done a lot hey i learned reading our articles over the last (laughs) week or so that in 2020 she was the number one uh person on only fans which i did not know she made in one year on only fans 240 million dollars in 2020 in 2020 so 
Yeah. She's 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 doing all right or was she's, doing all right. So all right. Yeah. here's what happened yeah. after that. Oh, you see, she's Emily. still doing all right. I know she ain't spent all 240 million and that she good. <laughs> no, Emily and I did the math. So like even if that trickled into 2021, she's got generational wealth. She's got even after taxes, yeah. she's got at yeah. least 300 million. You go invest she that right. in 10% a year, she's getting 30 million a year she, yeah, just on she interest. Right. She's all right. Yeah. She's doing fine. She's anyway, right. Emily, yeah. tell everybody what's happened after that. Okay, so like I said, she got baptized a year ago, um, but she just announced or she just posted it on Instagram. And since then, she's been giving some more updates. Um, so you mentioned her OnlyFans account. She actually is no longer doing that. She announced she was stepping away from that because she just realized, you know, being a believer and being baptized that, quote, that's not what God would want me to do. It's kind of degrading, which it's fine. Yeah. glad she realized that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so she, she has stepped away from that. Um, and she will not be doing that anymore. She also shared that she would be removing a tattoo of the goat-headed demon Baphomet from her body, which she got at a very dark point in her life. Um, But she said that she does not want anything negative or demonic on her body anymore. Praise God. Um, She also will be dissolving all of her uh, plastic surgery that she's gotten over the years. So if you haven't ever seen her, She's got a lot of plastic surgery on pretty much anything you can do. Like she's got fillers, she's got implants, all of that. She's currently in the process of removing all of it. And she explained that she did it when she was just feeling really insecure and felt like she needed to do that to kind of live this sort of lifestyle. But now she's embracing a whole new lifestyle and she realizes that she doesn't need it. She's beautiful the way she is. So um, she's in the process of that. Um, and then the most recent update actually came today. She posted on Instagram that she received a doctoral degree from the Sacramento Theological Seminary and Bible College. She wow. has a seminary degree. Yeah. This Not girl just got a seminary, saved. like a doctorate? A doctorate. Yeah, she yeah. got she did online. Wow. She got saved a year ago. She got baptized. She started making all these major life changes mm-hmm. and got she enrolled in the online seminary to get deep in her faith, went mm-hmm. through the entire accredited process, and it just graduated in late January, got her degree. You from, go, girl. Wow. Honest, like Impressive. she is like She's this isn't really just like I yeah, it's not just like I love Jesus now. I mean, this, she has uh-huh. made methodical, serious, mm-hmm. very vocal changes, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm so this, impressed. Good this for her. inspires me, someone who's you know been been a believer for most of their life, to you know maybe pursue you know more theological education and maybe get that uh, Bathomet tattoo finally removed. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, maybe, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe. Uh, yeah, cool? I mean, she's. It is. It's really cool. Very she's cool. talked about like she um, has started sharing more because she's like, I just feel like other people need to hear this story, and she wants to encourage them to like to make the same life choices if they've you know like Jesse have a demonic tattoo on their body to <laughs> get it removed, make better choices with our lives. <laughs> <laughs> I, we're always hesitant to like wow. jump. I mean, we've been doing this 20 something years. It's we're hesitant right. when like a celebrity is like, Hey, I found God. And like, then we post a headline, Hey, DMX found God. And then two years later, yeah. he does something yeah. right. that's contra- You know, like, it's just weird to just have that yo-yo. So we try to stay away from it, but like, more and more and more posts from mm-hmm. her. It was just like, we can't avoid this anymore. She is serious about this. And so like, right. uh, eventually we started 
in the last week or so, just kind of like summarizing like all these things that Black China has <laughs> been doing. And she's not going by Black China anymore. She wants to be known by her given name, Angela White. So like, mm-hmm. please stop calling me Black China. So wow. Angela, Angela is solid Paul moment. Yeah. Tur- yeah, turn in the wow. corner so we would just want to kind of like publicly celebrate that and stand with her like good for her man so, that's awesome yeah what else is going on sort of speaking of influencers uh there's a new law that has been introduced in france it's not official yet but it is in parliament right now uh <laughs> that it would require influencers to no longer promote any cosmetic surgery on social media and they would have to label all of their images as filtered or retouched. I mean, if the image is filtered or retouched, they would have to label it as such. Otherwise, they would face a fine and potentially be deplatformed. Like a $30,000 fine. If I put an image up and I had it altered by Photoshop Mm -hmm. to make me look just a little bit skinnier Mm -hmm. and maybe have a little more of a jawline, I'd have to Mm -hmm. say this image has been altered. Right. Or yeah, you would, the fine is up to, it's 30,000 euros, which is about $32,000 in the U S. Um, and, and if, if you're found if guilty, you would also, yeah, you would also lose your platform. So you could no longer post anything post. at all. Yeah. Hmm. So what do y'all think about mm, that? Yeah. Mm, not about that I, one, I, yeah. I have two really? thoughts. Really? You don't My know? first yeah. thought is like, Okay, this feels like okay. I see what we're trying to do here. Let's help people not. Let's help young people not think that this is what everyone looks like. Okay, I see that. Right, mm-hmm. right. But then I'm also like, you got to create jobs for people to monitor people's social media, and then we got to have a job that's going to send them a fine, and then somebody has to follow up with that, and then like, isn't there other things we could be doing in the world? I don't. That's my second thought too. Of like, this feels a little bit like they're wait, claiming what? it's a mental health crisis. That's what they're yeah. claiming that but, they're that but, they're but, doing. But where I think this I is the line. Get it. But between like individual responsibility to like not look at images or filter what, you know, your uh, people who you provide devices or internet connections for versus Mm -hmm. what you want, you know, some large governmental institution telling you how you are and aren't allowed to express yourself. You know, like I think Mm -hmm. that to me, that's more where the conflict is. It's like, well, where's the line? What what, what about like right now in Hollywood? A lot of A-list actors have written into their contracts that they have to be electronically de-aged in their films. I'm not talking like Robert De Niro in uh, The Irishman, where he's, you know, 30 years younger. I'm talking with Tom Cruise and Top Gun, right? Like if you saw Top Gun at a screening screening where he comes on the screen beforehand and thanks you for being there, and then you see what he looks like in the movie, he's been electronically de-aged throughout the film. To make him look slight, not not for plot purposes, but because he wants his image to be younger. Same thing with Mission Impossible. This mm-hmm. is being written into a lot of big contracts that in post-production, movie studios have to make their movie stars look better. What's the difference? Are you telling me I can't watch a movie if the character is supposed to look slightly different than the actor? I have to have disclosures of every sort of digital effect that went into the post-production. It just seems but like... A, but that's entertainment. That's a little different. I, I, but influencers are entertainment influ- too. Yeah, but but this is okay. So obviously, Europe is obviously always on the front end of internet law. I mean, they just always are. Mm. So just consumer protection, copy, you know, uh, tracking protection, different things like that. So you know, all those cookie things that we all have to like accept yeah. right now. That's all mm-hmm. because of Europe, and then mm-hmm. California followed suit. But what is that doing? It's a disclosure thing. It's not banning cookies. It's not banning websites tracking you. It's you, you have, have to be to transparent about it. 
Like mm-hmm. companies can't track you without you knowing. So it's a disclosure transparency thing that Europe is enforcing. This is the same thing just coming the other direction. It's like you you can use the filter, but mm-hmm. if you're going to portray a false image, like from a mental health standpoint, we want to have transparency because a generation is coming up and it's like we can see with data and societal trends that this is harming the next generation. And so we just want transparency if you're going to do that to, you know, I, I can see their logic, but I, you know, but, but again, I, like what, what's how, where's the line between a filter and just like changing the exposure slightly. So I looked a little less, you know what I mean? Like at some it's point it's defined, it's in the write up. It's defined. It is altering the physical shape of the person. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's uh Photoshop and, and, and change. It's not uh colorization. Yeah, it's or not like makeup or anything. Cause listen, like that. No. Yeah. when I use filters on Instagram stories, people send me messages all the time. Like, Oh my gosh, your makeup looks so good today. And I'm like, it's a filter. Like I just like, it's just a little, we added a different color to it, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, Which I think is that to me shows that like these filters are getting, so realistic that people can't tell the difference and so i do think that there is a benefit in saying like hey this is not what i actually look like especially i'm thinking about like these studies that are coming out about like young women in particular who there was one study that said like 50 percent of girls believe that they look better when they retouch their photos that they like won't post a photo of themselves if it hasn't been retouched in some way and it's like that's one out of every two girls is saying that like that feels like a big I get what you're saying, Jesse, about like the individual rights and stuff, but I do think that it is something that needs to be addressed in some way. Is this the best way to do it? I don't know. But I do think it is like a conversation that needs to happen and something needs to be done in some capacity. My my guess is Jesse's point about like overhead. This is unenforceable in mass. Right. And so my guess is that it's a virtue signal and that they will cherry pick. They'll do a yeah. Kim Kardashian. Yeah. They'll it do a very... high profile just to make a statement. And then it's on the books. That's my guess. Because it's impossible mm-hmm. that they would be able to enforce this globally. You know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah. billions of people yeah. using social media. But anyway. Yes. Wow. I don't know I'd rather than have age restrictions on social media. I would be down for that in a heartbeat. Like higher age restrictions. But Derek, do you use filters? This ain't going to affect you. No, it's not. But. I don't use filters at all, but um, I just, I I see on one hand, it's not even right now, but also in the future, like with the advancements in AI, it's about to get really, really, I mean, that's why the filters are so good. It's because AI is looking at your face and contouring it in a certain way. So Mm -hmm. I I see it, you know, I see it, I guess for me, that's why I haven't said much because I kind of don't know. I feel like we're in a wild, wild west. And I think that people are just trying to figure out how to cause as as few casualties as possible, especially with these kids. Because, I mean, you know, as well as I know, especially underage, like teenagers, that's really, really impressionable age as far as your confidence and self-esteem right. and how you view the world. Right. But then at the same time, I'm like deplatforming somebody because they didn't disclose they had a filter and hitting them with a thirty thousand dollar lawsuit seems a little excessive to me. But, right. you know, or thirty thousand dollar fine it seems excessive. So I'm like, I don't I don't know. This is one of the ones where I'm like, hey, man. But a future, yeah. a future, a social media future where as you're scrolling through your feed, you could easily identify this has been retouched. This hasn't. This has. This hasn't. Seems helpful. 
Because, like, I mean, if you're going through TikTok, you can see what filter has been put on the TikTok, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's helpful. It's like, okay, I think cool. That, yeah. So, to me, that makes sense. Okay. Right. Here's the, the filter that's used on here. Cool. Like, I love that on TikTok. Because then you can use the filter, too. You know what I'm right. saying? Um, but, like, I so think I they're really going after the Kardashians where it's like... This mm-hmm. body shape that you are making aspirational is impossible. And like that's mm-hmm. causing societal ill, <laughs> you know, like because mm-hmm. there's a generation of girls coming up that will not be able to but look like that. But, but my thing also is like, is that their fault? Like mm-hmm. that's just an image that they created for themselves because yeah. that's what they want to look like. But so sure, I'm like, we but- can't say that it's their fault that little girls look up to them and want to be what they have created for themselves. I don't think that that's their fault, particularly. I think it's it's our fault as parents, as teachers, as pastors for not, you know what I mean, speaking more life into our people. Like, I mean, I don't know if you could find somebody for being like, hey, I edited this to make me look how I want to look. And now, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's it's, Well, I agree. I, like I but said, they're I, not I saying you can't post edited stuff. They're just saying you need to tell people that this isn't, mm-hmm what you look like <laughs> you know because I, mean, I will yeah. say but like what? the Kardashians are not they have traditionally not been very open about the right. supposed surgeries that they've had like there's a lot of things that you can kind of tell like you probably got some surgery done but they've never yeah. like a lot of times they don't really confirm it because they don't want people to think that they got surgery they want people to but, think they but, got but, it but, but, but why but, do but, they have to tell you what surgeries they had like does anybody that, care what but surgeries I think there I are had? young like, girls who think like, oh, if I buy the waist trainer that Khloe Kardashian is selling, I'm going to look like Khloe. Khloe doesn't look like that because she bought a waist trainer. She looks like that because she mm-hmm. paid thousands of dollars in surgery. But but that's different because that's the the sale the selling of a product. Like think about it, it. Like if I heard a vocalist and I'm like, man, I feel bad about it. Like I'm not saying it's the same degree, but I'm just saying like a reasonable example that I'm like, well, that voice seems unobtainable to me. Do they have to disclose what the producer did to make it sound that good? You know what I mean? Do they have to disclose that maybe they pitch corrected some stuff or they put some filters on the vocal that what I'm hearing come through my headphones when I listen to an artist isn't what they sounded like raw? Does that have to be disclosed? Like, it just seems like this. Because I can tell you with God, with I can tell you with the passion of God, you have not heard one vocal from me without auto-tune that you would want to hear. So just letting y'all know, like, that's what it is. I guess, you know, there's my little disclosure so I don't get fined. But I mean, at including the same this time, podcast, he has a little squeaky mouse voice. We, 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 we auto-tuned it and tweaked it on here. This is all AI. This is all AI, right? But I, 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 I see the point, but then at the same time, I'm like, yo, if she wasn't, all right, let's say if Kim Kardashian didn't have the following that she had, will we care? How can we hold her responsible as a person for the mental health of all the young women that are that are watching her? Now, if she was saying, hey, buy this waist trainers to look exactly like me, that's false advertisement. I get that. But to be like, yo, we got to make her disclose every booty lift and every this and that. And if you don't do that, we're finding you. I think that, and I think we putting a lot of, uh, we giving Kim Kardashian way too much power than what she have. I think we got to take some responsibility for ourselves. But we are talking about two different things, right? This original story started as if like Photoshop on a photo versus like Kim Kardashian and her surgery. I don't think she owes that to anyone to tell anyone unless she is selling a product. It reminds me of that movie Legally Blonde. Remember Emily? Oh, I know. I know it well. Thank you. 
when she had to defend the case and the girl didn't want to tell her alibi <laughs> because wait, 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 everyone would know. Why are you just talking to Emily about Legally Blonde? Like, the rest of us haven't watched Legally Blonde. I've never watched it. Derek, Thank you for just talking to Emily about it. Right. That makes You're me so fine. sad. Uh, you need to watch it. Maybe, maybe then, we'll... Maybe we'll watch it together, Emily. I'll come okay. over to the crib and I'll then try not you to quote every on. word, but I can do it. All of this will Thank make you. sense when you watch it because this Thank is what uh, she had to deal with. But um, I think too, with the surgery versus the photos, is two different things. I just want to make sure. Yeah, we no, it's right. right. That's, that's it true. Yeah. We were just we evolved the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. yeah. Because I don't think that anyone owes us anything about what surgery they got. Sure. I mean, I think it would be a shame if they were like pitching some kind of health and wellness program and then they're like oh they're actually getting tummy tucks that that would be well i mean let's 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 be real what was who's the tall one uh emily help me out no the older tall one chloe Chloe. yeah yeah chloe she did have like a fitness weight loss program on like e or something yeah where like she helped people like get in shape and it's like Mm -hmm. she lost all that weight because she had a whole lot of surgeries and stuff so it's like it was a little misrepresented work out and surgery like so that's the thing where i don't think they need to disclose surgery but specifically when they say or act like they attained this body or face naturally that's where i'm like like i think the most egregious one is chloe is she's had a lot of face changes over the years but kylie in particular like she has had a lot of work done and she's never really confirmed it and that's the part where i'm like okay you don't just get a new nose like that's not part of puberty Mm. you you bought that nose and you should probably clear like i don't know it's just one of those weird things where it's like the way she talks about it people are so they don't if you don't think critically enough like you could just assume oh yeah she went through puberty and it's like that's not how puberty works yeah i was 23 i went through puberty my nose changed everybody (laughs) does that gosh anyway all right what else do you have uh, the last thing I want to share is honestly just a really funny video. It keeps making me laugh. Um, it's actually a video from 2020, but it's been making the rounds again. And I think it's hilarious. So I want to share it. Yeah. Uh, so um, by the way, we posted this when it happened in 2020. And yesterday in staff, me and like our staff chat, people were sharing it like this was new. And I'm like, hello, we posted this. We were one of the anyway, go ahead, share it. It's really funny. Um. It's a video of Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Back in 2020, they um, were doing like some Zoom promo press rounds for their movie Project Power. And in this particular video, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is asking Jamie Foxx questions about his life using like the Google autocomplete function. And he asked Jamie if he was a vegan. And here's what he had to say. Is Jamie Foxx vegan? Uh, actually, I'm Baptist and I've been Baptist uh, my whole life. Like, you know, to me, Jesus is the foundation. Uh, nothing against other vegans. I don't know where they go as far as heaven and hell is concerned, but I know where I'm going as far as heaven is concerned. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First, Second Samuel, First, Second Kings, Second Chronicles, Ezra, Esther, Nehemiah, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Jose, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Zaphani, Haggai, Malachi. That, it's about Jesus. Okay, nothing against mm-hmm. vegans, mm-hmm. but we going to heaven over here. Flipped a few of those around, but good job, Jamie. Yeah, he got, he got. I think most of them, but there was a. He got about eighty percent completion two. rate yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, he flipped a few, but I'll be honest, better than a lot of people sitting in churches today. So yeah, better than me. <laughs> better, yeah. I was. It sounds good yeah, to me. I was going to say. <laughs> but yeah, it's all the now, he gets to the Bible. Now, now he just he needs to get been, that. He should have been in Book of Eli. Oh, yeah. How'd you all learn the books of the Bible? Like, how'd you learn them for the first time? Like all the way through? I was in Bible drill. 
Bible oh. drill. Bible drill. All right. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a it's legit. It's a competition. Whoopings. A lot of whoopings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I was exposed to a lot of like sing songy uh, uh-huh. presentations mm-hmm. of them mm-hmm. that I'm gonna be honest, didn't yeah. stick. I think mine was a VBS yeah. song. What, what, what how'd it go? Oh, I don't remember it now, but uh, it started with Genesis. And then we went to Exodus, Leviticus. <laughs> Back in like 85, there's a Christian rapper named Stephen Wiley. And he had a song called The Bible Break. And he listed all the books of the Bible in the Christian rap song called The Bible Break. And that's how I learned the books of the Bible. It was like little, little eight-year-old Cameron rapping all the books of the Bible to The Bible Break I by Stephen it. Wiley. Whatever so. it Those takes. Songs were, I learned books of the Bible. I learned the Ten Commandments through a VBS song. It's great. There you go. All right. There you go. That'll do it for Relevant Buzz to uh, stay up on all the latest happenings in Black China's life. Make sure to check out relevantmagazine.com every weekday. We're covering the intersection of faith and culture. Thanks, Emily. Thanks, guys. Hi, Emily. Okay, stay tuned. Up next, Matt Redman joins us. I get used to ignoring Closing the door and opening your sins So you've been cruel Listening to Spill Tab, the song is Window. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com, and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Well, today we sit down with Matt Redman, one of the, I mean, one of the heroes in modern worship. He's written some of the biggest worship songs of the century, like 10,000 Reasons, Blessed Be the Name. He sat down with downtown Emily Brown to discuss his latest worship project, Uh, as well as how worship songwriters have a responsibility to present truth and where he hopes the worship industry goes next. Here's our conversation with Matt Redman. Would you say there's like an overall theme for the album itself? Yeah, really is that centrality of the cross. And in fact, I kind of fought it because we were like, I was thinking, man, I keep, I'm trying to finish this record. I keep writing songs about the cross. People are going to think I don't know anything about anything else. You know, this is almost slightly embarrassing. There's a lot to sing about here. And um, it's really important that our songs sing about the wide spectrum of what's available in terms of our Christian faith. Um, 
But somehow this one, I decided I'm not gonna fight this. This is what's coming through. And as one pastor reminded me, hey, we're always gonna need songs about the cross because essentially we should be singing about it every Sunday. So we're always gonna need some new songs about this. And so I decided not to fight it. And, and then once we kind of opened the floodgates, I think there's probably five or six songs about the cross. There's other songs we touch on it. And in fact, the album artwork, we were figuring out what to do with that. I remembered a, a photo my daughter had taken. She's called Maisie, and she um, she's a student at Wheaton College, and she'd taken this wonderful photo of a of an art piece there by a, an artist called David J P Hooker, and he had he had taken a a corpus statue of Christ on the cross uh, from a derelict church, and this old statue and. He'd made this amazing art piece out of it because he'd gone around Wheaton College campus and collected debris from vacuum cleaners with the thought that in these vacuum cleaners, so much of what in there is, is human. It's our skin cells, it's our hair, you know. Um, and then he took all that and he laid it um, several times all over the corpus statue. The idea being that this represents the fact that all of our sin and shame and all that's wrong about us was laid, laid upon Christ. He took it all on himself. And, um, and so wonderful art piece with a lot of meaning. My daughter took the photo and, and uh, that was wonderful. You know, we're following this, this thread of the centrality of the cross and it even came through in the artwork, which I loved. You mentioned that uh, you're, you kind of wanted to fight putting all these songs about the cross on there. Um, do you feel like in the past you've, you've had similar struggles where you were fighting a theme of an album or anything, or is this a new thing? I don't think I've fought it before, but I've definitely try and pay attention to what I'm doing. And I did notice so much of current worship song output from me and others. If you're not careful, it can just be about the cross of Christ and then me singing when there's bad stuff happening to me. You know, it's like me singing through the storm and the song's about the cross. And actually, you know, if in not a cynical way, but just, you know, in a, it's helpful to review our output and review what we're doing and think, well, that can't be like 80% of what we're singing about. That's not the right thing because we've got to reflect scripture. We've got to try and reflect it as fully as we can. And even the story of God, there's so much more to sing about. We definitely undersing the theme of creation. That's why I was pretty glad about this Lamb of God song because that's creation and the cross. Uh, and you, what I love about that is when you sing about creation, you paint this backdrop of a creator God who's magnificent beyond degree and, you know, he's wise and he's powerful and he's artistic and all those things. And then onto that, you project the cross. And then we got something good happening here because we've got this paradox. We've got this mystery happening. You know, the one who hung in, in agony on beams of wood that he himself had called into being. For so much worship's about you know when it hits you hard it's about paradox and mystery and wonder it's about how can these two things go together the lion and the lamb a god who thunders and whispers a god who terrifies and befriends you know the king whose footstool is the earth and yet he knelt down and washed the earth off the feet of his disciples this is jesus this is who we we worship and 
we were trying to draw people into that paradox. You know, of, and when you say, you know, lion and lamb, we get so used to saying things like, wait a minute, that's crazy. How can he be a lion and a lamb? That sounds absolutely nuts unless it's true. And then it becomes beautiful. It becomes <clears throat> this amazing paradox, this mystery, uh, this sacred truth that we're drawn into. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't think I've thought it before, but I'm always trying to review those things. Um, again, a lot of those hymn writers uh, are the teachers. You know, you look through and they are singing about so many things. I mean, just even just subjects, the names of God. God's given himself so many names by which we can know him and know more about him. And we probably undersing the names of God. Some people um, say we undersing the return of Christ. Uh, in fact, a uh, great hero to me, Louis Palau, who I actually became a Christian through age 10. He went to be with the Lord. Uh, he died last year, and I, I actually got to go and sing at his funeral. And But he he said to me, one of the last things he said to me, uh, the last conversation is, hey, we need more songs on, on the return of Christ. And the reason is because the return of Christ is important because it it's, keeps us alert and aware it it gives us a motivation to evangelize to pray it, it should motivate us to live a holy life and have an urgency about our lives so sometimes if you leave some of these big theological um pieces out of the the puzzle then you're going to create problems for yourself in the long run you know and as it's really important that we get this healthy diet i guess that I just really wanted to ask you is um, you have been uh, just so key in uh, the worship industry for uh, the last several years um, and so I just I'm curious how do you feel like worship music has changed since you started to now and where do you see it going yeah great question because I've been doing this a while now so I definitely can get a bit of a overview <laughs> there's a bit of an arc for sure um, I think that I've seen so much progress musically. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think, um, you know, just production levels, commitment to the craft of songwriting, the uh, increasingly uh, cult increasing culture of co-writing, which is a win. We're always better together. And most things in the kingdom of God that we're meant to be doing together, not on our own kind of Lone Ranger style. Lots of pluses in that area. Even... Um, yeah, just different musical expressions and pursuit of genres. Is a, things are a bit wider than they were in that way as well. So that's all really great. The one thing I would say is the area we still need in growth in is really the content of the songs, the lyrical weightiness of the songs. And, you know, it's it's not a fair comparison just to take a... You, you, sometimes people say, oh, the hymns are better than the new songs, you know, and that's not actually sometimes a fair comparison, at least the way they do it, because they'll take like the 15 hymns that have survived out the tens of thousands of hymns they were, the, the cream of the crop, the 15 that have survived through 200 years, and they'll compare them to the last 15 songs that happened. That's not a fair comparison. And I, I think there has been some growth in this area. I think there's people taking it more seriously than ever before, but that will be the area that 
there hasn't been it hasn't been at the speed of the production and the music and the you know the uh, I feel like the uh, external if you like the external growth has been a lot better than the internal growth That was Matt Redman. Make sure to check out his latest album, Lamb of God. It's available now. All right, stay tuned up next. It's your feedback. is something wrong hand habits it's <laughs> a great band name today's show is brought to you in part by the chosen season four of the chosen is coming to theaters nationwide on february 1st and this season has everything clashing kingdoms rival rulers and when they're threatened by the reality of jesus's growing influence religious leaders do the unthinkable choose to ally themselves with the romans As the seeds of betrayal are planted in opposition to Jesus' message turns violent, he's left with no alternative but to demand his followers rise up. So get ready, relevant podcast listeners. February 1st is the big release day. Go get your tickets now at thechosenriseup.com. It's time for your feedback. Uh, Okay, so last week we got talking. I don't even know. How did we get here, Jesse? How did we get to talking about high school side hustles? Help me remember. High school. So I'm trying to remember too now. Good Lord. I, dude, you got to forgive me, guys. I've been to Mexico. I flushed the whole mind out down there. Uh, all the daiquiris flushed all the memories out. <laughs> no, they're gone. Long gone. The memories. Are gone. I need one There's of those. a hard memory wipe for about four weeks back, guys. I don't even... I'm not even sure how I got into my office today. Yeah. Jason. Marty was on the show last week. Marty. And yeah. He Marty was from about Social Club selling Misfits. watches. He was That's selling right. watches. Marty hustled in high school, man. He was, he got into some trouble. Yeah. Marty was telling us all his stories of high school, how he made extra money. And he wow. literally sold his dad's watches. Like his dad would collect watches and he would go in and take his dad's watches and go sell them in high school. To like teachers and stuff like, and then he would like sell candy. He would sell. And so Marty, Marty hustled. Um, So it got us thinking about like things we did to make a little extra cash in high school. So we asked you guys what you did uh, for your high school hustle. You hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. And here's a few of our favorite replies. This one from David. He sold sand. He sold candy for our science team. He's bare. We got a lot to unpack just in that sentence. What kind of school? First off, what is a science team? How do you compete in science? Like, you know, what what what, what competitions are they? But and what do you exactly, David? Here's one of my concerns: What are you raising money for? 
in the science. science. Like, what kind of experiments require you to to? Go it's like it's like when Michael Scott did the the fun run thing, but he had a huge <laughs> check made out to just science at the end of it. I feel like that's what he's yeah. he's doing. Yeah. But 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 David essentially he he sold candy at a markup at school. I know a lot of people who did this because if you're in high school and so and, and he said it was the good stuff like Starburst, Skittles, Twizzlers. Listen, I had kids in my high school that would did this that would go to the gas station and just buy the big bags. When you're you can yep. sell a hungry high schooler candy, you can mark yep. it up a thousand percent, and if they're hungry enough, yeah. they will buy it. 100%. And he said he made a few hundred bucks. Yeah, good, good for you. Good for you, David. I I'm still concerned about your your science team, though. I mentioned on the show, I think, or maybe it was after the show. I found out last year that my elementary school son, you know, you 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 care to buy your kid name brand lunch stuff. You know what I mean? Like you, you got to get the Chips Ahoy bag. You got to get the good string cheese. You got to you know you want your kid to not have the lame mm-hmm. lunch, right? I found out my yeah, little yes. fourth grader was out there flipping it. He was selling his lunch stuff. He was making money and then going to the concession stand and buying junk. I couldn't believe it. I was so mad when I found out he was selling my my premium lunches that I was providing for him. Anyway. All right. This is hilarious. Do you see Elizabeth? This is great. <laughs> yes, I'm dying. So Elizabeth, she said this. She said, I carried around a bottle of Coffee Mate powdered creamer, which... It- Side note is the grossest thing ever invented. I carried around a bottle of Coffee Mate powdered creamer in my backpack and charged 25 cents a use. She's got uh, like where her water bottle goes in her backpack, Coffee Mate creamer. She's like, Yeah, you want some? I mean, they're probably rounding up to a dollar. You get four little squirts, give me a dollar. She's making cash on. Coffee Mate creamer, which is so great. She's like a little mobile coffee cart so walking smart. around high school. That's great. Yes. Hey, great. There, there's a up. reason wherever people were drinking coffee, that was not on the counter. Like people are like, ah, no, coffee mate, yeah, girls, just giving those little those little communion cup ones. There we go. Oh, yeah. Jamie, yeah. did you have a side hustle in high school? You feel I feel like you did. No, you did? I didn't. No, I really didn't. Uh-uh. I wish my kids had side hustles. They could make some cash, but I did not. Derek, did you? I sold music. Oh. That you made? Yes. Wait, you sold made, like your CDs I, or like you like would record other people? I'd go home. I had an eight track mixer. I'd make a beat with my keyboard and then I'd I'd make little uh, CD tapes, CDs or whatever. And I sell Look them in the hallway. Yep. That's what did, I did. I, That's very High smart. school. So here's the thing that I never got about the guys who sold CDs, like hand them out on the streets, like, hey, it's 10 bucks, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. They never have like speakers with them to play the music. Like you're downtown Chicago oh, or something. That's what I was going to ask oh, you. Oh, I did. So you let yes, people sir. hear it before they buy it. Uh-huh. That yes, makes sir. sense I had to a me. Little, I had a boom box. Yeah. So in college, I had a boom box and I would go downtown and I would just sell. I would stand outside of bars while people are waiting in line to get inside the clubs or the bars. I just have a boom box out there playing the music, chilling, and be like, yo, you want this? $5, whatever. What what you want to pay for it? You know what I'm saying? Brilliant. So, yeah, I, I was different. Smart. That's great. That is smart. That's great. Uh, let's see. Kara said she was in middle school. She used to sell duct tape wallets and Starburst wrapper bracelets. There you go. She always had customers, she said. Always had customers. Huh? I like How it. much was she selling them for? I don't know. Who wants who wants Starburst wrapper bracelets? I mean, like kids. Yeah, that's a little weird. <laughs> I ain't gonna hold you. 
Kaiser, long story short, he just went around and picked a bunch of rocks and sold them door to door. <laughs> Listen, Kaiser, if anyone out there is trying to hire a salesperson, I would He's recommend DMing Kaiser. The guy is selling literal trash and rocks around the neighborhood. <laughs> okay. But listen, Kaiser also was in kindergarten. He was in kindergarten. It, what doesn't matter what a kindergartner came to my house selling, Once a hustler, I would buy it. Always a hustler. Oh, <laughs> it matters to me. It, yeah. it matters to me. <laughs> yeah. If a sweet kindergartner came to your house, Derek, and they're like, I'm selling these rocks, I'm raising money, you wouldn't buy one. Jamie, not not a there one. There's two boys. On the corner of my neighborhood, <laughs> not a with a lim- whole red Jamie, bucket. lemonade stand, traditional America lemonade stand. Oh, I'm two definitely boys. not buying no lemonade. Listen, I'm walking by with my dog, and of course, I'm a captive customer. So they're like, "Hey, sir, would you like to buy some lemonade?" And I'm like, "Crap, they got me." Okay, how much? Five dollars. And I'm like, "Excuse me, what? what?" I said, "What are you raising the money for?" I'm trying to get a VR set. I was like, nope. And I just kept walking. You did it? No, I didn't buy it. Oh, my god! VR set. Dude. First of all, at least he's honest. $5 is a little high. I think they should check that That's out. That's what a I'm bit. saying. But Greedy. Also, I give it. But I give it to them because our parents probably like, listen, you can. I'm not buying you a VR set. Yeah. Figure out a way to make it. And look at it. And he's out there price gouging lemonade. lemonade on the corner. The first thing they need to do is figure out the prices. That's, what that's the yeah, first thing. That's do. how you figure it out. This ain't a charity. Thing, this ain't a charity. I'm not buying no lemonade <laughs> from no kids. <laughs> Bro, you don't they don't, they don't even wash their hands. You don't have to drink it. No, Just pour it out. I'm not buying nothing. I'm not gonna <laughs> drink. Like if I buy some lemonade, I want to drink the lemonade. So I know. Uh, listen, I'm gonna um, tell y'all right now. If Nolan and Zane have a lemonade stand, yeah. drink at your own risk. <laughs> like, that, just drink at your own risk. They yeah. nasty. Nobody's like, I drinking love. it. Drink yeah. at your own risk. I mean, and two, you charge a dollar, and then what's the adult going to do? And then you want to get the $5. tip. You give the yes. $5 tip. You don't charge five and be greedy for a VR set? No, thank you. I'm so, sorry. marketing tip 101. First off, lie about what you're raising exactly. the money for. That's number one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. my, my brother needs a surgery or something. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what in the world VR set? And then you'll drop a 20 down there <laughs> for, for real. Them. Yo, this kid is listening right now. We just, this is a villain origin just story right here, him. boy. <laughs> man, I was, this is, this, this Elon Musk is orange, origin story. I'm just story. handing out life lessons right now, man. I get like, dude, you need to. No. This is what happened, Cameron. Those kids, their parents did not know what they were doing because their parents <laughs> were about like, oh, hey, hold up. Let's 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 change some things. They went out there on their own accord. A hundred percent. Anyway. All right. Well, that'll do it for your feedback. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, earlier, I mean, normally we don't do this. Normally we ask stupid questions <laughs> like like this, like your your kid hustle stuff. Um, but earlier we got into a conversation about this uh, proposed French social media law where you would have to disclose whether or not your photos were altered in any way or retouched uh, with the penalty of a potential fine and all that. Uh, we want to know your thoughts about that. We want to know your thoughts about requiring social media transparency, uh, the role of government in that, the role of social media com- companies in that, the role of personal freedoms in that. We want to know your thoughts about this proposed French law. Hit us up on Twitter. Tell us your thoughts. I'm assuming there might be a few Twitter threads in the mix on this. And um, we'll read our favorite replies on next week's show. There you go. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Matt Redman for joining us today. Make sure to check out his latest album. It's called Lamb of God. It's available now. 
I've been talking about the last few weeks, uh, but the spring issue of Relevant is out now. Michael B. Jordan is on the cover, and it is a packed issue. We have Beth Moore, we have Fitz in the Tantrums, we have Anna of the North, we have uh, the, the Asbury Outpouring, we have the Jesus Revolution movie that broke all these records. We have so much stuff. Go check it out. The issue is available for free. All the articles are available for free if you just click on relevantmagazine.com and relevantmagazine.com not calm and uh, click on the magazine tab. They're all right there. Um, if you want to see the beautifully designed enhanced edition, uh, you can sign up for relevant plus it's way better. It's a lot of extras. It's gorgeous. It's a lot like our print magazine, but come to life. You want to see it. It's worth paying for. Um, and in fact, you will have to pay for it if you want to see it. Um, and uh, not only do you get the digital issue, you also get ad-free uh, reading at relevantmagazine.com. You get this podcast and an exclusive subscriber podcast ad-free as well. It's a great way to experience our content. Plans start as low as two fifty a month. You can find out all the info and sign up right there at relevantmagazine.com. Okay. Well, on that note, we will wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Derek Miner. I'm Jamie Ivey. We'll see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com. Listen, I don't ride horses. Long story short. Relevant Podcast Network.